Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about branding, marketing, and growing your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today I'm joined by David Norton. David is a licensed marriage and family therapist, founder, and former owner of the Centennial Counseling Center, a private practice here in the Chicagoland area that, as far as I know, has at least three locations and 40-some therapists. Yeah, he's a, a guest associate a professor of marriage and family therapy at Wheaton College, and he's also the creator of GrowingOurPractice.com, where he writes and he shares his decades of mental health private practice experience. He's also a consultant and a guide to many other private practice owners trying to navigate marketing and managing and growing a private practice. Now, David, I know you're, you're proud of all these accomplishments, but I know, but I know from talking with you, you really light up about uh, your grandkids when you're talking about your being a grandfather. So David, let me ask you, uh, how has being a private practice owner, a therapist and a consultant prepared you for being a grandfather? Wow. Great (laughs) question. Well, let me think about that. Let's see. Um, Well, I I think a lot of uh, what I had to do as a practice owner is very much what I have to do as a grandpa. I have Mm. to listen a lot. I have to go at their pace. I have to uh, be willing to adjust my expectations and my goals. Um, After all, it is their life and their, in the case of (laughs) practice, uh, their actual practice that I'm trying to help them with. So there are very, very a, a long list of, of of very common overlapping aspects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah, and, I just I just when I talk to you about your grandkids, you just light up. So I had to figure out a way to talk talk about your yeah, grandkids well, a little bit. I appreciate that. That's a big part of my life. <laughs> yeah, especially during COVID. I mean, there's yeah. a lot that's going on that we just can't do anymore. But that's one yeah. thing we're we're making the effort. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, when it comes to branding a private practice, uh, yes. your name has a lot of significance. So I'd love for you to tell us why you chose way back in the day in the 80s, huh? Centennial, as the name of your counseling yes. practice. Wow. Yeah, we we uh, actually at the time I had a partner, Dr. Tony Heath. So the two of us were trying to decide what kind of a name to brand ourselves with. And we did not want to do um, an, a name of our, our name, like Norton and Associates or something like that, mm. that, that I think many practice owners have done. And then they get trapped because if you get to a certain size, then, um, you know, they only want to see the, the, the name on the door, right? They, that's, that's, and, and that doesn't help you grow. And so we knew that, beyond, that we didn't want to get stuck in that corner. So we um, played around with a long list of names uh, and ended up selecting, um, we were at the time in the Centennial Building, which is a huge building in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is about, oh, probably 15, some people call it the mini Sears Tower because it has that dark green glass and it was quite a notable building. And so we, picked the name up just <laughs> off of the building. And it was com- right around the time of the bicentennial. Um, and so there was, I mean, that's a long time ago now, but at the <laughs> time uh, we were just grasping at straws. We wanted something that was fairly neutral. 
that people didn't have a lot of association with. So we could kind of fill in the content of what that meant. Uh, Centennial seemed to have a gravity to it, a weightiness to it, especially at that time. It, it, it's aged okay, I would say. Uh, it, it doesn't have as much uh, going for it now as it did back in the day, probably. But that, those were the thoughts we were kicking around. I think a lot of those are still thoughts that people should probably consider when they're when they're thinking about a name, thinking about their community, their location, what it says to the average person who just bumps into the name, um, kind of associations that are uh, attached to the words. Um, and yeah. So um, yeah, those were all things we were struggling to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, th thanks for I've always wondered that uh, how you came, yeah. up, uh, came up with that name. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast episode how to name your practice. It really is. Uh, it's, it's a it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. so many things you have to think about now. I mean, just yeah. as tangent, I mean, you have domain names now you have that's right. Instagram, Instagram handles, like there's so many things right. that kind of right. need to fall into place. Yeah. But for another time. <laughs> well, one of the things you do so well, David, I think is you coach other private practice owners mm -hmm. on how to scale a business. And when it comes to marketing, I mean, what does marketing look like for a, a small private practice, maybe one to three clinicians, but, but right. compared to a larger practice, which if you have like 10 to 40 clinicians, how, how yeah. is that? Is, are there any differences there that you see for someone who's a smaller private practice to compare to a, a larger one? I think so. I think when you're starting out, it's mainly your name and your brand as a person and your reputation as a personal, as a therapist in the community. And so things like uh, psychology today are a great uh, beginning um, to, to get a name out there and you start to get some momentum uh, with referrals, and those are those are all huge things uh, that are that are really important. Um, eventually, you outgrow those tools uh, that that may have been useful in the beginning, because it become you want the practice to become less about the the owner and mm -hmm. maybe the first two or three people, and you want it to have. I've got, I wrote a blog once about the, the kind of sequence that you want to happen. The first thing you want a referral person to do is to attach to somebody, anybody mm, in your yeah. organization and just send a referral. Just, just send me one, get, get me one referral and get it rolling. Uh, but eventually you, you don't want yet that referral person just to be attached to you because you're going to get full. And you're going to need, and you may not be the best match for that particular client that they were referring. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to be able to move around referrals to your colleagues to be able to have them. And that means a broader brand than just to a particular person. It needs to be a brand to, you want the, the, the most advanced stage is when the referral person says, you know what, go to anybody over there. They're all wonderful. Now that is where you want to kind of bring that referral person along. So there are steps to doing that. Um, if you do have a referral that comes in and you say that would really fit better with my colleague, 
what we had to do initially was make a call back to the referral person and tell them that and say, I think, you know, I, I'd be glad to take that. I really appreciate the referral, but I think it would be better suited for my my neighbor down the hall here, uh, Mary. And let me, let me, why don't we give Mary a try with this, with this client and see how that goes. And then I want to circle back. Maybe it's not a big circle back. Maybe it's not a phone call because it's hard to connect with people, but maybe it's just an email or a text that says, uh, we, we made the, Mary made the connection. I hope it's going well. Let me know if you hear anything that is concerning. So now I've really rooted that referral person in two people, me and Mary, and uh, and now they're you know st we're starting that process of them attaching to the practice and not to just one person within the practice. That takes a whole bunch of conversations over months and years uh, to 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 build that sense of weeness rather than just meanness. Yeah, um, and um, so I mean. You know, I, I think that's that's one level of it. Um, I think there. Go ahead. You, 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 I, yeah, I'm I was sure going to say that letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was thinking about. Uh, you talked about circling back, mm -hmm. circling back to that referral source. Right. And um, that's something that when in the coaching that I do with some of my private practices, we actually have like a, a letter writing strategy. Like we just right, write letters. Right. Yeah, writing yeah. letters is actually quite powerful now. But not I just that. It is. You always. It's, rare. it's so rare, and people yeah. love it. They do. <laughs> and and not just letter writing. Hey, we're new, and we love right. to talk about ourselves. But letter writing to those referral sources, because right. what we've come to find, there's not many people who actually follow up with those referral sources. They get. So true. They so true. they they get a referral. Hey, go see something. But that clinician never follows up with the actual source and say yeah. thank you or actually try to nurture that relationship because you just right. need a handful of really good referral sources to right. grow your private practice. That's right. And that's I'll right. tell you this quick story. So Susan, that's my wife. And yeah. um, for those listening, <laughs> she owns uh, kid matters counseling and she was speaking at a school. There was a um, real tragic death in the school. So she was mm. helping parents. There was like a uh, after school type of meeting, helping parents how to talk to the kids about traumatic events like this. Mm -hmm. And a psychologist stood up and said, everything that Susan said is spot on and she's absolutely right. And I've referred to her, I've been referring people for the last 20 years and she was the first clinician to write me back a thank Isn't you note. That, to, isn't that something? Yeah, and she basically, I mean, just told a bunch of parents. I mean, just yeah. anyways, so. Great endorsement, wonderful yeah, endorsement. Yeah, great endorsement, but the power of just, re yep. either it's an email or a letter saying, hey, thank yep. you for trusting me yep. with with this person. That's and right. I know that means a lot. So uh, yeah, just the real power. And I was gonna ask you a follow-up question on uh, some of the mar marketing tactics that you found most fruitful as yeah. you were growing Centennial. Yeah. But I'm curious now if we should ask, like, what are some great marketing tactics as it relates to developing referral sources? Would you, what would right. you find was most helpful? Well, you know, actually, my favorite referral source is working with the clients I already have, because they are probably attached to more than one potential referral person. So the referral person that, that came to you, that, that maybe it was their pastor or their physician or mm -hmm. their school person, uh, a school social worker or somebody like that, that made the initial referral, 
but they're also attached. They also have a primary care physician. They all may have a pastor or may have somebody at school that they're working with. So you, you can work with one client. You may get two or three connections into the community if you're paying attention. You have to ask the questions. And I think many times we don't. We don't. We, we let those opportunities slip right by in the conversation. They make a reference to their pastor or to their the person at the school that they talk to, and we never ask, well, who who who, would, who was that person? Who was that? And how do you know them? And would it be useful for me to talk with them oh, about yeah. things that we're talking about? We can spread our connecting uh, on many, many different levels just with existing clients. We don't even have to do any cold calls or anything fancy. Um, just with our existing clients and doing good case consultation. It, it, it's good for the client. It's good for your referral network. Yeah. And it's good for the referral people because they get to know you exist and you can, you know, address some of the needs that they may have and, and are struggling to find resources for. So that's my, my favorite yeah. uh, method is just working with the clients you already have. Now, this, this is interesting. Yes, because one of the favorite times I like to ask for uh, a referral or maybe even a testimonial, but let's just say referral, yeah. is when somebody says, well, Brent, what you just shared with me was so helpful. Normally, mm-hmm. normally I'll ask this at the end of a coaching. You might do something similar mm-hmm. as I'll ask at the end, what was, what was the most helpful thing for you about this mm-hmm. last hour mm-hmm. in our time together? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll, they'll say all these things, you know, right. whatever it might be. It could be a compliment right. or... That could be an opportunity if it's right and it feels right. feels appropriate. Hey, would I? Hey, would would you be willing? Could I reach out to that person or right. something right. like that? But something that's kind of natural. So if someone in passing mentions, you know, yeah, you know, I've been talking to my pastor about these types right. of things. Like, how? What have you seen? How? How do you nuance it? I'm curious in that conversation and and kind of do the ask, kind of the bold ask yeah. for that yeah. to connect. Yeah. Well, I, I think you, you, it can get heavy-handed, and you don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's right. It, yeah, it can be it can be awkwardly done, probably more easily than it can be artfully done. So it, it, it need to be. It need. I think what the key to it is: it needs to be genuine. It needs to be genuinely uh, for the client. Uh, that there that there is some payoff for the client that is real. Um, it's not just uh, um, just about my marketing. If it's about my marketing, they sniff it out and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel good to me either. Um, so it doesn't really work that well. So I, I think it's got to be about the client and it's got to be real and it's got to be sincere. Then if we do that, then it, then it really comes pretty organically. It, it, it just, uh, because I'm just fi- looking for another angle to, to help this client with whatever they're going through yeah. and, and, and eliciting the support of their natural network uh, in that, in that process. It just seems like a natural. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's so right. I, you know, I, I've been doing marketing so long. It's actually, right. that's so helpful, David, because you're, you're saying it's okay to ask for the referral, but you actually, it actually, it, or it has to benefit the client. Like you right. can't just exactly. go right there. So it's sort of like, okay, could, could actually connecting with that pastor or another local right. person right. benefit in their mental health care, given right. that they've given you permission right. to do that. Right. And it might be something as simple as, you know, would you mind if I called your pastor and see if there's other people in your church that have similar kinds of issues 
and maybe the he could link you up with some people that would be supportive um, that I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't know I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have access to that but maybe if we got our heads together we could find another way to support you in the in the trial that you're going through right now yeah um, and and that's <laughs> You, you've made you've made a friend with the pastor. You've made a friend uh, and some inroads into the congregation, and you've done something for their community. And in terms of what the pastor is wanting to have happen too, which is oh, yeah, sure. community around real issues that are going on in people's lives. So uh, um, everybody wins in that scenario. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's partly about a mindset. It, I have to be thinking that way. I have to be thinking of the larger system as a resource for my client. Um, and if I'm thinking that way, the natural referral connections will really come right out of that. Um, yeah. It won't be uh, uh, so artificial as it might be. Yeah. Um, mm. I have a well, few so things helpful. I'd like to say about working with referral people. Can I? Oh, yeah, go for it, a, please. I got a few things I, I think of here. Um, I, I would call this just good case consultation is what I've just been describing. And that's my favorite number one th- thing. But the second thing is really very similar to it. And that's just writing a thank you note. Thank you. Thank the referral person. Just just a handwritten note. It doesn't take a minute. And I kept I would keep them in my desk, pull them out of the drawer. I would do it on the fir- after the first appointment by the end of the day, because if I waited till the second appointment, I will have forgotten, and I, I had to. I had to make myself stay that extra two minutes at the end of the day to write that thank you note, even if I didn't address it. Just write it and leave it on the desk. So the next thing in the morning, I'm there. Now, now we're working in COVID, so it's a little different process. But that's the that's the general idea. Is just a simple thank you. Um, back in the day, my third favorite was to take referral people out to lunch. Um, the, the, that, that, we can't do that these days. Well, it's not if we're outdoors, I guess. But you know, uh, the the just take them out to lunch. People like to eat; they got to eat. Um, and so, if I pay for the lunch, they're going to say yes, uh, even if they're not interested in what I had to say. And most of the time, they were interested. So yeah. it, it it paid off for us. Um, and it's it's really just the matter of identifying them and then making the effort to invite them to to lunch and then scheduling and going through the challenge of but you know even that challenge of getting things scheduled you get some things out of that you might get an email address you might get a text uh, or their cell phone address just by trying to connect with them to set up a time to get together and that's going to be valuable for you down the road as you uh, are, are deepening that relationship yeah. you're getting more contact information as you as you struggle to even schedule a time with each other. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah and, it, it's, and, it's useful. Everything, and, everything works. Yeah. People, yeah. People, you know, people do business with people. It's not business right. is the business. People do business. And, right. and even if you didn't get an email, even mm-hmm. if you didn't get a phone number, you showed hospitality. Mm-hmm. And that just shows a little bit of who you are as a character, as a person. Exactly and right. that, and that actually, you know, it, it imprints them in the mental Rolodex of their mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. who's, who's a trustworthy person? Oh, somebody I broke bread with That's right. <laughs> over at That's Panera right. or something. That's right. That's right. At Panera, wherever. And, and, you know, I might be talking more about my grandkids than about work, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, that works. It's the connecting. It's mm-hmm. the, the simply connecting with each other. 
Oh, um, that's absolutely right. I've got two more favorites that I'm going to talk okay. about. Go for it. One is uh, bring them food. We especially did this at holiday times. Now we we had we had a Graham's chocolate in Geneva as a great chocolatier, and we we had a little mold with our logo on it and everything, and we would take these out to our referral people, and we would we would make hundreds of these and 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 hand them out all over the the area. Um, it cost some money to do this, and and it was a it was an investment to to do it, but uh, but we felt like it got a big payoff for us. Uh, what we discovered, though, that is holiday times were probably almost not even the best time because they get a lot of stuff at holidays, especially physicians offices do and school people do. And so you're better off hitting them in January or February when they're a little more lean and they're a little more struggling <laughs> and they want that chocolate. They're dying for that chocolate in January or February. So we, we tried to do that kind of thing. So, so we, we wanted to give them something. And, and then the last thing, my, my fifth favorite uh, marketing thing that I do is providing a free service. And that you, often that's a speaking, uh, offering to speak to their groups or to a Sunday school class if it's a church or parent, meet, parent meeting if it's a school or even some physicians have, sometimes are having groups with uh, special populations in their in their groups, and so they'll have some meetings and things. And so we always wanted to volunteer to be uh, speaking because most most groups, most organizations are looking for like like you were talking about your wife speaking at a school event. That that's exactly the opportunity that that we're looking for. We do those things, and we're going to grow. I think if we just do good case consultation, we're going to grow. Yeah. But but the others are going to help round out the uh, the richness of what a referral relationship really can be, so yeah. that they see us as both solving a problem and contributing to their welfare and and helping them accomplish some of their goals um, that they may have as uh, as as leaders in an organization. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. Well, yeah. well wow, that was. That was a feast. Thank you, David. That's yeah. a lot. Thank you. I mean, and a feast in a good way. Feast in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, before we go on, I want to remind our listeners about a free resource you can use. Now, look, most therapists start a private practice to generate more income for themselves and to have a greater impact on the community that they serve. The problem is most therapists lack the marketing skills to generate growth and to attract those new clients. And that's why I created the Private Practice Marketing Roadmap. It's a free video mini course that uh, you can go through. It's just, I, I, I show you basically the three pillars of private practice marketing, the things that I use to help grow my clients' private practices. If you need some fresh ideas about your marketing or you just need a strategy, go to brandyourpractice.com forward slash roadmap and just go to... Uh, Again, just go to the brandyourpractice.com roadmap and you can get started today. Just put in your email and you get access to it right away. I'll leave a link in the show notes below. It's completely free. And if uh, you need help standing out uh, from the competition and attracting your ideal client, check that resource out for you. All right. So, uh, David, sorry, there was a, an alarm went off in my ear so loud. <laughs> just that. Whoa, as I was wrapping that up. All right, so 
Now that you are uh, semi-retired after decades of private practice work and teaching, what's kind of the next thing that you've been thinking about? Yeah, I, I when I first retired, I didn't really have a real big plan. I I knew that I wanted to have some place to capture um, my what I had learned and some way of contributing, but I hadn't really thought through the idea of uh, what that would look like. So I just started writing things and putting it on a website. And I have a friend who is a website developer, and he helped me with that. And so um, it, it turned into uh, this, this website called growingourpractice.com. And it, um, I've, got, I've written about 120 different things on a whole bunch of different topics. But it, what, what, it, what the feedback that I started getting from uh, putting those, the beginnings out, I think I probably had 50 out at the very beginning and then started to get feedback from people and then I was responding to that. The website's been up now for two years. And what I, what I realized is that practice owners are a pretty lonely lot. They are mm. uh, feeling isolated and they don't really know where to go for information. And so they're looking for uh, help and support and I thought, well, there's some, there's a niche for me. I, I know something about practices and <laughs> I can uh, probably do, help them along. So, so out of that came the consulting piece. So I, I've been, I think I've talked with maybe 12 practice owners this year. So it's not a huge number, which is perfect for retirement. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to get too crazy with it, but I, but I do want to support some people and feel useful. Um, and so that's my, my way of doing it. Out of, that, out of the consulting also then comes more posts and more blog pieces that, yeah. that kind of um, you know, address some of the, the, some of the common uh, questions that, are, that practice owners have. So well, that's, that's, that's a big part of what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it please go check it out, everybody. It is it, David. You are an excellent writer. You are a mm -hmm. very good writer, and the content up there is really good. And I'm definitely going to have you back to talk about some of this content that you're writing. Because I was, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking at the website again. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy's thought of everything. <laughs> so please. Well, I, so I've struggled with everything is more accurate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you've been in practice for nearly 40 years, you, you've seen a lot of things and a lot of problems. And uh, and then, you know, piled on top of that, listening to other practice owners and their struggles uh, mm. has really uh, has really been uh, I, 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 most of the time when I have a conversation. I, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember I struggled with that, too. What did I do? How did we yeah. handle that? Yeah. And and out of that will come a, a, another another idea. So oh, it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. It's a, well, yeah, definitely go. It's uh, it's growing our or sorry, growingyourpractice.com. Growingourpractice.com. Growing ours is brand your practice on, but it's growing yeah, our practice. That's right. Growing our practice. <laughs> pronouns. That yeah. is right. Okay. They, are, they are goofy. Yeah. And I'll leave a a, a link in the show notes for for everyone sure. to uh, check you. that out so please do uh you know david we were slated uh to mm. go present for this all day um all day seminar on branding and marketing for marriage and family therapists here in illinois and then the pandemic hit 
right. <laughs> and it got postponed and who knows when we'll be able to uh, do that again. Yeah. But yeah. this was a really great way to reconnect and provide yeah. some value to listeners. And uh, so thank you for joining me on this. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Brent. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast and please join me again the next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast. Have a good day.